Well, I first just want to start with a welcome. Uh, Christian Smith uh, is over at the North American College in Rome, and he's been assigned to this parish by me. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're grateful to have him. He'll be here for the rest of July and most of August. And also, uh, seminarian Ben Warner from our parish. Uh, he's messing with the incense in the back. And uh, also to Sister Therese Marie, who's back uh, visiting her family. It's great when you have vocations within your parish. As vocation director, you always see that that's a vibrant, healthy parish. Uh, So continue to pray for vocations. The great poet T.S. Eliot once said that one of the greatest tragedies in life is to have an experience but to miss the meaning. One of the greatest tragedies in life is to have an experience but miss the meaning. And there are so many things that we experience in this life. And I think that more and more and more people are not looking for meaning in their experiences because everything is so immediate. And mainly where we miss this is our experiences with other people. God is always communicating to us, always, all the time, through things, through experiences, through people, But so many miss it because there's so many distractions right now in our society. And the problem is, is that every experience we have with another person is in some way an experience with God. But most miss this. There are two commandments given to us today, and I think there is an idea in our hearts that we can separate them. Love of God and love of neighbor. They're a union. Now, we have trivial unions, right? Like, this is participation time. Like, if I say salt and... Good, you guys got okay. Ketchup and... You guys are smart. Apples and... Okay. Father Waltz and... Holiness. Yeah, all right. That, that was my mom. That didn't count. Because I'm not really that holy. <clears throat> anyway, they're trivial unions. But today we have a union that is established by God himself. You cannot love God without loving your neighbor. And who is your neighbor? Well, Jesus lays it out. I'm going to go even more simple than that. Your neighbor, where you need to start loving your neighbor, is in your home. Families are falling apart right now. You know, so many Christians will go out and, you know, they'll, they'll volunteer at their parish or they'll, they'll, they'll tithe. And then they see, you know, somebody on the side of the road with a sign that says homeless and they drive right on past. And, you know, I've had people say, well, it doesn't, you know, they're just making a buck. They're just, they're fakes. It doesn't matter. Jesus doesn't delineate. He just says that we are to love our neighbor. I mean, there's... Christians that come to Mass, they they pray and then they go home and freak out on their wives or their husbands, you know, and have no patience with their children. Now, don't get me wrong, there's heated situations within marriage and children need to be disciplined. But when you get to those moments, do you actually see them? It's not so much a battle about who's going to win, but who's going to show more love? Who's going to sacrifice more? And with poor people, I'm not even saying you have to give them anything. Just acknowledge them. Now, obviously, you don't want to get yourself into dangerous situations. But we got to start 
coming to this understanding that these two are a union, an inseparable union. I've to, I may have told you about this before, but we sell script here, obviously, and I, I buy a stack of like, you know, 10 to 15 cards, put, keep them in my truck, and whenever I see anybody that has a sign, call them over, I'm like, there you go, man, five bucks to Burger King. They love it. And I say, I'll pray for you. And he say, you pray for me. All right. When I was in Chicago <clears throat> for my 21st birthday, and I'll spare you the details of my 21st birthday. But when I was in Chicago, I ran into this guy on the street and he had this sign. And it said, not going to lie, I just want a beer. And I thought that was really clever. So I said, you know what, I'm going to buy this guy a beer. Because I'm 21 and I can. <laughs> And so I bought this guy a beer, I took him to this little pub, and one beer turned into two beers, turned into three beers, turned into like an hour and a half conversation with this guy. It was amazing. I don't know if any story he told me was true, but we had a blast. And at the end of it, I was like, I really gotta get going, and he's like, and I stood up to shake his hand, and he like bear hugged me. And looked at me afterwards and he said, thank you. That is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for me. All I did was buy him a couple beers and talk to him. We're missing a vital component of love of God and love of neighbor. I mean, so many times we haven't experienced it, we miss the meaning. Or better, worse yet, we just avoid the experience. Like the Levite and the priest today, they just walk around the guy. They don't even want to get near the man. But the Samaritan looks at him and doesn't see a robber that's been beaten. He sees a human that needs to be cared for. And that's our calling. To see beyond the appearance to the heart. But again, we miss this. And I put, we, me too. We miss this because we're so caught up with our personal pursuits and our wants, wishes, and desires that experiences of God are passing us every day and we miss them. We're too distracted. I don't know if you've heard this story, but there was a man who <clears throat> sat in a metro stop in Washington, D.C. and pulled out his violin and started to play. He played six pieces by the great composer Johann Sebastian Bach. He played for about 45 minutes. During that time, it was rush hour, so it's calculated that thousands of people went past him. After the 45 minutes, only six people had stopped to listen to him. About 20 people had given him some change that amounted to $32. After he finished playing, there was no applause, no recognition, and no one knew the violinist was Joshua Bell one of the finest violin players in the world. And he was playing a Stradivarius violin worth $3.5 million. Nobody stopped. Nobody took time. Nobody even acknowledged him. Two days before his Subway show, Bell sold out the theater in Boston that seats averaged $300 a piece. So why are, we, why are we missing this? Why? And I want to say this. I think it's because we have dethroned God. 
We have taken him out of our culture. And when you, because of the inseparable union, when you lose God, you lose love of neighbor. And something else will replace it. In the 2,000 year history of the Catholic Church, we have held love of God and love of neighbor and we have started universities, hospitals, care facilities for handicapped and elderly, orphanages. You look at everything that we've done. Why have we done it? Because to love God is to love your neighbor. We got to care for people, especially the most vulnerable. Soup kitchens. There's so many different things that we do. However, in the last hundred years, God has been replaced by several different things. First would be government. I mean, even in the U.S., everybody's forgetting about God and invested in government. What is the news day in and day out to like to the point you want to vomit? It's all about the government and what they're going to do for us. What are we going to do for humanity? Man has tried to replace God with government. And when government is worshipped, your neighbor is usually not only loved, but killed. The Third Reich. Remember? They were going to fix all of Germany's problems. Everybody was sold on the Third Reich. And at the end of that reign, 70 million people had lost their lives. Worship of the Nazi party, and all of a sudden, Jewish neighbors disappear. Then you had communism, which in total has taken the lives of over 100 million people. Worship of the state. God is kicked out. No religion. The state becomes the highest good, and your neighbor is no longer loved. They are dispensable. They're a cog in the wheel, in the machine. But the scariest of them all is the one we're presently living in. It has nothing to do with government or a system, state system. It has everything to do with a philosophy, a point of view. And it's what we call relativism. That means that all truth is relative. I spoke about this last week. Whatever you say is right and whatever I say is right. And my stuff is just an opinion and yours is just an opinion. And we're going to agree to disagree. There is no truth. Do whatever you want. And so what have we replaced God with in the modern day and age? The self. I'm most important. I'm my own God. I decide what's right and wrong. And what has it done? It has made one of the most selfish cultures to ever exist. And it has killed more people than any other system to ever exist. 1.2 billion people are dead because of abortion. Why? Because God has no right to tell me what to do. No rights over my body. I make my own choice. 1.2 billion globally. The sexual revolution. I get to decide what I get to do with my body. How I get to use it. No rules. Have fun. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. What has it produced? A 60% divorce rate. STDs, horrific sexual promiscuity on college campuses, pornography, and the modern redefinition of marriage. But I can marry whoever I love, whatever that means. You see, my friends, we can't change the fact that our hearts are made for love of God and love of neighbor. And when you put anything else into that space, 
terrible things happen. So how do we get out of this? I think the first thing is that we know the problem. Man has replaced God in our society. But if you want to be free and spiritually healthy, if you want your society and your family to be free and spiritually healthy, we have to get back to love of God and love of neighbor. This is to say that we have to enthrone God once again in his rightful place. And this is done by believing the truths and the teachings of the church and practicing your faith. Not here only, out there. In order to do this, we have to humbly admit that we are all infected by this cultural disease. That we have, in a sense, many of us have missed the meaning of life. That we're not most important. That others are. And I'm with you in this. So I will leave you with this question. I want you to ask yourself, what has taken the place of God in your life? What's most important? What gets the most of your time, the best of your time? Is it money, beauty, pleasure? Is it a a belief contrary to the church? Is it a political view that you know the church is against but you support anyway? Is it you, your way, your life, your belief? What is it? I'm telling you right now, there are millions and millions of souls in our nation that are infected with cultural relativism, if not already dead. As you receive the spiritual remedy here at this altar, show the Lord where it is, what's wrong, what you want to improve on. And then simply say this, Jesus, I don't want to die. Heal me because I want to live. I want to live for you, not for me.